Welcome to Pastor to Pastor, part of the Hope for the Agora podcast series, where we take a look at the issues surrounding stigma toward mental health in the church. Pastor to Pastor is the program that focuses mainly on supporting pastors and leaders on their mental, emotional, and spiritual journey. Through frank discussions and conversations with people in the field and listening to their stories, we bring to the forefront key issues that the church wrestles with regarding support for people with mental health difficulties and ways the church can become a place of support and healing. Hi, I'm Alan Kleindieters, your host, been a pastor for 30 plus years and the pastor care coordinator for Agora Network Ministries. Thank you so much for joining us here today. Hi, and welcome back to Pastor to Pastor. Uh, This is part two of my conversation with Kathy Gates of Thrive Ministries here in the Niagara region of Southern Ontario. And uh, we've been talking about soul care. And if you listen to part one, which I encourage you to do if you haven't already, uh, we ended with the conversation talking about trust and how she's discovered There are a lot of pastors who don't trust God very well. So we're going to pick it up from there and uh, bring it into a close. I hope you enjoy. Well, and you don't trust him if you're not willing to take that journey. I sometimes think, um, and you know this because I've been working on some stuff about this. Sometimes I think our system of how we've come to understand church our ecclesiology has actually is actually unhealthy and not as biblical as we would like to think it is. And we've made it about how we do church and how we be church and, and going back to the heart of discipleship, which is how do I come to follow Christ? Is it following Christ because I have to worship a certain way or I have to believe a certain thing? Or is it just being like a disciple, being with Jesus day in and day out, learning to hear his voice, um, understanding his little nuances? You know, I think sometimes of the disciples when they were with him and he might look over their shoulder with funny eyes at the last thing Peter said, right? And he goes, oh, I think I was off there. Peter's like, hmm, right? Um uh, those kinds of things, like th- that in in my journey, you talk about yours, and in my journey too, yeah, there were moments uh, to to learn to just stop. And you say, we're in our world, we we have all of this, you know, what do I need to do next coming through our minds? And that really does clutter the way when we do get into that time of silence with God. It does clutter and mud- muddy up the waters because we're like, I got to get all that out of the way before I can even hear God, because I'm hearing too much of my own head. Um, so a number of those spiritual practices are so important. Um, what would you encourage for that? So say I'm taking a silent retreat, um, and all this stuff's coming through my head, and I'm getting frustrated. Um, you know, as soon as you say I'm getting frustrated, uh I always say go back to the Lord. He's the, you know, if you go on a silent retreat, particularly, he's the only one you can talk to. So you might as well ask your questions of him. And, <laughs> um, and so if I was frustrated about something uh, on a silent retreat, I'd say, okay, Lord, I'm frustrated. I need you to help me understand why I'm frustrated. Mm. 
Yeah. And um, it's like it's like relying on him. Um, it's like it's like treating him like he's a real person who's there right. with you, who can help you through, who wants to talk to you. Um, mm -hmm. Sometimes I'll, uh, I mean, I don't do this, but I know that there are uh, wonderful people like Ruth Haley Barton who've written books to help people um, on retreat to focus in on things. And so that can be helpful as well um, to use, uh, you know, to use material that's been written for that. And, um, and having someone who can actually journey with you. So often I'll meet like daily with a spiritual director when I go on a silent retreat to help. They help you kind of listen to what God's saying to you. They kind of help you sort through that, mm -hmm. what's going on, and give you some direction on where to go with scripture and that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, I mean, part of the, the going and being frustrated is, is the process of learning how to just be with God. Yeah, absolutely right. Um, I've done numerous uh, silent retreats as well, and I have um, found that there are moments when you finally shut the world off and everything goes silent and it's just you and God, and you can just only hear the silence of the room, that there are these very tangible moments where suddenly you know that you're not alone in this space. And I have found myself just suddenly weeping, this sense that God is present. But then, like you say, there are moments then suddenly God reveals something to you. I've had that happen too. And I remember one time, and I think I shared this story on here before, that I was in the prayer labyrinth all by myself in an upper floor of a local monastery here. And in the partway through, uh, I felt like God just stopped me in that moment. And the word trauma came rushing into my mind as if someone just said it to me. As if the Holy Spirit just said, Alan, trauma. And it, it was like a revelation. Like I knew that, but I couldn't say it. And as I said it, I just, turned into a puddle on the floor and went, I have to deal with that. I have to go there. Because there's a lot of wounding when those things come up. And there is so much wounding that happens in ministry. Mm -hmm. uh, people don't think that way. I mean, when you're in a church and everybody's got their idea of what you're supposed to be doing and you can't live up to everybody, and then you've got people who just have no sense of um, grace and they just pound on you. They think they're saying something helpful, but they're not. It's attacking, right? Um, or pastors that have been pushed out of churches, those kinds of things. Like you went through a story of ministerial upheaval and that sort of thing. Um, yeah, we have to go take that journey inward. And what might that look like? Um, you know, the whole possibly we'll talk about formational prayer or whatever. What does that look like to get into the deeper part? Now we're getting under the the bottom part of the iceberg that we can't cover up very much anymore. We need to deal with it so we can deal with our false self. So how do we deal with it? Is that the or question? Or what, what does that look like? What does it look like? Inward? Well, 
You know, and maybe, you know, I'll use the formational prayer model because this is what I learned when I was in probably the deepest ditch that I ever have been in in my life. And uh, it was my life flying out. Um, and so, you know, what does it look like? So generally, we have life situations that we react to. So some we respond to well, others we react to. And we all have our own kind of repertoire of behavior mm. that we use in reaction. So for me, I always know that I'm reacting and that there's a wound thing when I get critical because that's one of my go-to defense mechanisms, I mm -hmm. call it. But it's sinful. Um, I know, I learned that... Um, Beneath the surface of that behavior that's so obvious to me and everybody else is um, an emotion. I, it, there's emotional turmoil, and I'm using the behavior to shut down that emotional turmoil. And so um, I also have learned or I'm learning and still practice this. What's the lie that's driving the emotion? Mm. Uh, you know, and one of my lies is I can't make a mistake. Wow. So if I'm operating, if that lie kicks in, um, then I get, I get critical of myself. I can be critical of other people. I mean, all kinds of things can kick in. And so, but that lie was caused from long ago when I was a kid. It, it was birthed in my childhood uh, because I had a mom who was quite critical and uh, was, you know, had very high standards for me in terms of academics. And if I didn't meet it, she was disappointed with me. And so the inner journey for me is allowing Jesus to explore all of that with you and um, being able to uh, recognize those different things going on below the surface of your life mm. and taking them to the Lord, allowing him, allowing him to speak into those areas. And, um, you know, so when I get into a spot where I've got a lot of turmoil over something, I, I, I will just go to the Lord and say, like, you have to have time, um, you know, but being able to say, where is this coming from? Where is this emotion coming from? What am I believing? And please give me your perspective on this. And so I actually visualize being with Jesus and having the conversation. And, and then after I do my lamenting about whatever is going on, I think lamenting is a lost art. Mm -hmm. uh, uh, then I listen, I listen. And, and the things that Jesus has spoken to me during those times when I feel very broken are the truths that I cling to now. And they have changed my perspective on... Um, on uh, situations where in the past I would be triggered by my stuff from the past. I don't know if that helps. <laughs> it, it, it's a process and it's um, recognizing the different components of our brokenness, how they fit together and how Jesus is the source of the healing. No, I think that is, that's really hits the nail on the head because I think that's where we struggle. <clears throat> Um, not only as pastors, but as Christians, period, because there's this sense of, I, uh, you know, I don't want people to know my garbage. And you don't have to let a lot of people know your garbage. You just have to let Jesus know your garbage. Now, it's helpful to have someone walk with you in that, and that's why 
formational prayer is so important to have someone to have a spiritual director um, that can ask you the questions, sometimes the tough questions, or just that encouraging word to keep on that journey. And um, my experience, too, is that people in your church as a pastor don't want to hear that you got stuff. Because if there's anybody in the church they don't want to have stuff, it's the pastor. They want this, uh, and that that's part of the the um, downside of of our uh, the way people look at church. You know, suddenly they put the pastor up on a pedestal, but the pastor's human. And if you put somebody on a pedestal, eventually that pedestal tip, tips and and they fall. And if a pastor is like okay with because of their own undealt with inward stuff, okay with being that person on the pedestal, then the falling is pretty difficult. And you do whatever you can to stay on that pedestal so that people don't see you as who you really are. Eventually, you're toast. Eventually, are you, you know, the question can be asked, how much are you really hearing from God? Um, because if you're in those deep rhythms, if you're working hard, uh, working hard, if you are um, developing those healthy rhythms with God, right? You're, you're saying, what is in me that's in the way for you and your kingdom work? And, your, and what do I need to deal with? That's a hard question, but it's one we all have to ask. Mm -hmm. What is it in me I need to deal with, Lord? And are you willing to hear the answer? <laughs> and sometimes as a leader, you actually need to, um, and this is something Chuck DeGroat taught me, was you just, if you're okay, if you really, really, really want to know, ask the people immediately around you, how do I come across to you? You know, how do you feel when you're around me? That's a hard question. To, and are you ready for the answer? I think it's Ruth Haley Barton that said a lot of pastors believe their own press about themselves. Ooh, that's good. Yeah. And uh, it, it's one of those things where when you, just as you said, when you, when you um, identify more with the image you're portraying to your congregation than you do with who you are at home with your family, mm -hmm. then you're, you're kind of in deep trouble. <laughs> Because you're believing what you're projecting, and right. and often that leads to denial of what's really happening and what you can really be like. Mm -hmm. Right. And uh, yeah, so it's um, it's a dilemma. I call that you know in formational prayer we call that wearing your what's the mask that you wear. Mm -hmm. And 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 we need to allow God access to to what's really going on. So who are you Sunday after noon when you're with your family? I can remember one pastor's wife saying to me once, "Oh yeah, he he glorifies he's he glorifies God on Sunday morning, and it's like Satan comes home for lunch." What? That's so it brutal. Was just the the difference in um, you know, and you would have to know this gal to you know she's pretty straight up, but uh, but you know the difference. So what do you like? You know, we have to we have to do a reality check. What are we like with our spouses and our children? Mm -hmm. 
and 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 do we treat them the same with the same respect and dignity that we do the people in our congregation that whose whose opinions we value yeah um, yeah it's uh it's being willing to hear that hard stuff from god and um and then do something about it right and this is where you know healthy formational prayer can come in too right praying into those deep places um using in some ways you know using some creative imagination as well where's that safe place where you can sit down with Jesus and have that conversation you know for me it's this um trail over by Lake Louise from yeah it's a whole story of how I got there but I used to live in Alberta and and whatnot and was on a spiritual journey um taking some some personal time and was on this trail and sat on this bench along the side of it in the woods and it was cold and I could see my breath and I loved it and next thing you know it Jesus sitting there with me and I go back to that place often more so recently as I kind of revisited that so it's in you know that deep formational prayer um having someone to take you there is also really important I mean we could keep talking I know we could um but I guess the one thing that you talk we I've been in something with you called soul focus and um, how is that helpful for pastors? I can share a little bit, but what what happens in soul focus? Uh, that's a good practice when we get together as pastors. Well, soul soul focus. Um, you know, we have a we have a great leader, uh, Rick, who's a spiritual director and a pastor, and he's uh, for, uh, familiar with uh, formational prayer as well, but. Um, the sessions focus on scripture. And then um, there's time spent allowing the Lord to speak to, to each person that's present um, around a topic that the scriptures actually speak to. And, um, and allowing time to hear from the Lord about that personally so very personally what is god saying to me about this and then there's time with a group to share what you've heard to allow others to speak what they're hearing from god for you so a message of encouragement and then prayer time so to me it's a time to focus on scripture uh, to then focus on what the lord is saying to you through that and then receiving ministry almost from other people. So it's sharing your journey with them and then receiving ministry from them. I don't know. Would you say that's a pretty accurate? Yeah, that's script? that's pretty accurate. And you come, you have to come with an open heart to say, God might say some things to you that are difficult. Um, also, maybe just really affirming or that time where I've had uh, some of my times in soul focus have been where God didn't say a lot to me, but I just sensed him being there in that moment um which was okay which was fine um and and it's not about coming with a, an agenda we often do that right going back to our time with the upward we come to god with our agenda here's how i need you to speak to me and it's like no 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 the humility we need to have to say i i don't know god i'm just lifting it all up to you because i don't know and i'm just going to wait on you 
Um, yes, that, that humility and surrender, right? Just surrendering the time to him. And I don't know about you, Alan, but I find that when I sincerely come to the Lord and set aside time to hear from him, and I invite, you know, I say, I want you to come and meet with me. I, you know, I'm coming to meet with you. That is something that he is not going to, he's not going to turn away from, but he's going to run to be with us. Yeah. Amen to that. He, that's what his heart's desire is, is to have us come sincerely to just be with him. Yes, absolutely. And I, so um, focus provides the space for that. Yeah. So what else does Thrive Ministries do? I know there are different ways you support pastors and their spouses and families. Yeah, so we kind of have three, uh, three, three areas we focus on. So one is celebrating. So we do things like Pastor's Day. And, um, you know, at times we'll give away gift certificates for a restaurant for a couple if we know they're going through a hard time or... Uh, or uh, recently we've been doing a, like a cookie ministry where we're actually uh, dropping off cookies and a little package to pastors because, you know, things are difficult right now. So that's a celebrating. We do uh, things in the, what I would call the thriving area. So soul focus would be part of that. We do a date night for couples with a uh, pastoral marriage specialist couple who they deal with uh, pastoral uh, couples all the time that are having marital issues, but this is more for enrichment and to strengthen your marriage. Uh, we do one-on-one -on -one stuff uh, as well in that uh, the thriving area. And then the healing area, we, I would say healing. So a lot of one-on-one -on -one conversations are around that, but we also do, uh, have uh, unfinished business groups, which are based on formation prayer. Basically just what we've been talking about taking, mm -hmm. uh, taking pastors or their spouses through a 14 week series that helps you unpack some of the stuff from your past that's impacting your current leadership and your, your personal life. That's so great. Oh, wow. So appreciate the ministry God's called you to. So appreciate what you have to um, share. It's always great. You and I could just keep talking all the time. So our challenge for pastors really is to be willing to be raw and real and honest and humble um, so that we can serve to the fullness of the calling that God has laid on us without, you know, burning out and, um, and recognizing the signs when we do need to pull back. You know? And I, I don't know if we have time, but I really, you know, you were... You had uh, you were asking about a challenge or uh, yeah. for pastors, and you know God really laid something on my heart. Great, and, um, it's that you know He He led me to Jeremiah one five. So before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I appointed you as dot dot dot. So mm. I appointed you as a pastor. And so, you know, as I read that, he reminded me that God has put a piece of himself into each of us that only we can display. So we are unique. There will never be another person who reflects God's image the way we do. And there never has been. So we're unique. And when you're able to live out of that unique reflection that God has placed in you, you will be fulfilling the purpose that he has for your life. 
it, it will happen naturally. And um, I guess my challenge would be, are you willing to go through life being a facsimile of the person that God created you to be? Or are you willing to do the hard work to allow him to kind of like take off the smudges that life has put on that image and restore you to the person that he created you to be? That's the challenge. Mm -hmm. It's hard work, but I, I, you know, that leads you to a place of peace and rest and just uh, being truly being able to just be who you are. I would agree with that 100%. That is spot on um, and have discovered that. Uh, allow Letting God deeper into those places um, makes you want more. There gets this sense of, God, I just want to be who you want me to be. I'm not worried about what other people think. You know, you take care of that. But I just want to be who you want me to be. And that's enough. You know, that identity. So good word. Thank you for that encouragement. Thank you for that challenge. Thank you for being on um, on the show. And I know we'll have more conversations around all this stuff. So thanks, Kathy. Thank you for having me. And bless you in your ministry. There'll be notes in the tagline, uh, the... The, the tag on all of this, um, what do you call it? Eh, eh. There'll be notes. Yeah, there'll be notes at the end of in the podcast or with information about Thrive Ministry as well. But they can go on to thriveministries.ca, is that right? And find out more about Thrive Ministry. So thank you. Bless you and keep you. So that was a great interview conversation with Kathy Gates of Thrive Ministries. It is so important for us to not only take care of our bodies, which the world keeps telling us is important. It is important. We are the temples of the Holy Spirit and God wants us healthy and we need to work on that, our bodies, our nutrition, everything. However, God calls us to allow him to do the work of transformation within us. And it doesn't come just by thinking about it or reading the Bible from time to time or even like a lot of pastors have admitted they don't uh, really get as much out of Scripture because they're so busy just putting sermons together and they haven't really stepped aside for this, allowing the Scripture to just speak deep into their lives and maybe some of the hard places. And we want to encourage you in that. At Agora Network Ministries, we are all about supporting the church in regard to uh, how they support not only the folks who are in the congregation who may be struggling with their mental wellness, but also pastors who uh, struggle with mental wellness, as we all know. And we want to support you. So if you need to talk to anybody, if you want to know more, please go to Agora Network Ministries. Dot com, or you can stop by pastortopastor.ca. We are here to give you support, encouragement, coaching, training, resources, whatever you might need. So thanks for joining us today. If you have anything you want us to talk about, if you have any topics regarding uh, pastors and mental wellness, don't hesitate to contact me. For more information, 
you can go to our website at pastortopastor.ca. We also appreciate your support to help us keep this show going and keep the podcast coming to hundreds of people and supporting the church in its ministry. You can support us through our Patreon page. Just find out more information at our website. Thank you again and may God bless you.